All right, we are, uh, we are in our uh, wrapping up our uh, fall series here called CC3. Remember what we've been doing for these weeks is uh, we have been uh, looking at some of those the, the core principles that uh, guide our, our ministry here at Christ Church. For you covenant members, it means this is what you got into when you, when you signed up. Uh, for you folks that are regular attenders, uh, this is just uh, what, what you might get into if you sign up. And uh, for guests with us today, this is what we're about, just so you know who, who we are, right? Uh, and uh, we're going to wrap this series up today. This is the final one in the CC3. Uh, then next week, new message series called Margin is, uh, is going to come out. And uh, that's fulfilling one of our core principles. Remember, one of our principles is to be an invite place, to create opportunities for you to invite others. That's an invite series, Margin. So if you know people out there that are struggling, keeping life in balance, trying to figure out how you do life, all the stuff that is involved in life. Uh, that's a series that we're going to help people be able to create margin, create that gospel margin, okay? So it's an invite opportunity. You hear more, uh, more about that. But remember, what we are at our core is we're a place that's about lifting lives, elevating Christ, and we're a church for the people that aren't here yet. Remember, core thing, the people in the church. The church doesn't exist for the people in the church. The people in the church exist for the people that aren't. It's where you say, here yet, Okay, you got that? Right, just so we all get that. You gotta get that, right? Okay. And we've been looking at that in terms of three core kinds of principles, uh, for us. And that means that we're gonna be a people that just take a stand, we're gonna be a people that get engaged, and we're gonna be a people that are absolutely radical, right? That's what we talked about today. We take a stand on the word alone, grace alone, faith alone, that's it. Not gonna do all the other stuff, we're just gonna do that, we're gonna stay right there. Uh, that's how God is gonna use, use us. Uh, we're gonna get engaged, that means we're gonna be invite people, we're gonna invest in the lives of other people, and uh, we're going to get involved, right? A group, a ministry, Sunday mornings, all that stuff, right? And so today, we finish it up with being, uh, being uh, radical. And uh, it shouldn't surprise us that that's part of our core, because if, if you think about it, the gospel itself is just an, an absolutely radical uh, statement. I mean, th- think about it. The, the core thing, the gospel, that, that, that there was this guy named Jesus, and he lived, and he died on a cross for your sins, and he went into the tomb, and three days later, he was raised and became alive again, and he now lives with and through his people. Now, we say those words, right? But the reality is what? That's a pretty radical deal. I mean, think about that. Don't, don't just let it be, I mean, this is what it is. It is an absolutely, incredibly radical statement. Or just what Anna shared with you a few minutes ago. The idea, the possibility, the reality that there is no power in earth, there is no spiritual power in the realms that might be, there is nothing, nowhere, nohow, unbelievably, impossibly, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's radical. That is just absolutely incredible. And that's the truth. By nature, our very gospel is radical. And our person, our Lord, Jesus, he was a pretty Radical guy. Think of the radical things he did. He healed people. He 
caused people to rise from the dead. He did miracles where he fed 5,000, 10,000. I mean, it's incredible stuff, radical stuff. We are by nature, by the very gospel itself, radical people. And our church needs to be a radical place. Here's the evidence of it, Matthew 10. It's just an incredible statement. Paul, or, uh, in Matthew 10, Jesus says, Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Sound radical? Follow up. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy to be mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. Think that one through. I mean, that's just an incredible, radical statement. That life is actually found, discovered, and experienced when you give it up. That, that if you hold on to it, if you make it your own, if you cling to it yourself, then you're going to lose it, miss it. But when you give it up, when you give it to Him, that's where you discover it. If you're in the room today and you haven't discovered that principle, that radical statement, man, first and foremost today, I want to invite you to get radical. To let Jesus Christ take over your life. And that's the call. That's the call he makes on our life. Look what he says. There's a large crowd following him. And he turns around and he talks to the large crowd. So this isn't just the insiders, right? Large crowd of people. He turns to them. He says, if you want to be my disciples, then you must, notice that, you must, not optional, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple." And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Radical? Radical. The idea that he puts absolute claim to our lives. And that life is found when we give it up. There is a call in our life to be absolutely radical. And to call on this church to be absolutely radical. We do not want to be just a regular old place. We don't want to be regular old people to fit in, conform to the world, just like everybody else, right? We're just not going to be like your regular old church down around the corner. That's not what he calls us to be. We are here to be a radical kind of place. Now, we looked at this, we prayed over this, and we've come up with at least three places that we believe God wants us above everybody else to be absolutely radical here at Christ Church. Kind of hard to see, but they're there. Hospitality, generosity, and legacy. Those are the three things. Hospitality, generosity, and legacy. We're convinced that God wants us to be incredibly radical, not just on Sunday morning, but as people in expressing hospitality. Just, just being incredibly welcoming and hospitable People. Why? Because that's exactly what God does. That's exactly what He has done. If you're a believer and Christ follower, this is what He did for you, right? Paul tries to capture it in Romans 5. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, in verse 7, 
he tries to show you how radical that statement is. Right? He tries to just outline, look, this is how incredible that statement is. He says, now, most people, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps possibly, long shot, be willing to die for a person who is specially good. What did he just do? He's saying this is a radical statement because nobody does this. This just doesn't happen. This is just not normal. This isn't the way it usually is. People don't just do this. But he's saying, look, this is what Jesus did. It's incredible. This is what he did. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us when? While we were still what? That's incredible. That's radical. And that's what he's done for you. If, if you're a Christ follower, if you surrender to Christ and say, yes, my life isn't my own, it's his, that, that's what he's done. He has done this amazing, radical thing to love you more than the life of his own son. Imagine that. Radical. He expressed radical hospitality to each one of us. And so the call on our life is to do the same, to be radically hospitable people and to be a radically hospitable church. Jesus was known for this. He did this all the time. Matthew 9, later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I love that word, by the way. Disreputable. Isn't that a great word? Disreputable. Yeah, it's me. I'm sorry. Anyway. But look how people react to this. But when the Pharisees saw this, when they saw how he was expressing incredible hospitality, radical hospitality, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? What are they berating him for? His radical hospitality. His radical hospitality. He goes so far as to say, that's why I came. He continues in there saying, listen, this is why I've come. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. He has come to practice radical hospitality. The call on us is to do the very same thing. And this followed him all of his ministry. You can see in Matthew 11, next chapter, when when they talked about Jesus, they talked about his radical hospitality. It says, he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. How awesome would it be if people thought about this place and they thought about you in particular and said the very same thing? That, That you show no distinction... That, that you welcome everybody. That you see the possibility of what God can do in everybody's life. How incredible would it be if people would say that about you and about this place? Radical hospitality. Now, that gets expressed in simple, simple ways. Okay? Simple, simple ways. Around here, that gets expressed especially on Sunday morning. Right? So when people walk in that door, regardless of who they are, where they've been, what their life is all about, regardless of whatever, right? When they walk in the door, they get a handshake and somebody says, welcome. I am so glad you're here. That makes all 
the difference. Let me prove it to you. Here's what we're going to do. Now, I don't want to take too long because if you, you, you want to get out on time, you got to play the game here. Okay. Ready? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to all stand up like we normally do at the end, but we're going to stand up and we're going to find somebody's hand to shake. Now, you can't shake your wife's hand. You can't shake your husband's hand, right? You need to find somebody that you don't know, right? Or, you know, just somebody around you there, behind you, in front of you, whatever it is. We're all going to stand up, shake that person's hand. Don't stop there. Shake their hand, find out their name, and tell them, I am so glad. You're here. Right? And they'll tell you that, right? You ready to do that? You get the assignment? Okay, go. Let's try that out. Be radical. I know. We're in church. We're standing up in the message. How radical is that? Give it a go. Oh. Yes. That is sweet. All right, all right, sit down, sit down, sit down. I got more to do. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Now, okay. Now, a couple things, right? I mean, that felt okay, right? Radical hospitality felt okay, right? You know what that sounded like when I'm up here? I'm just watching and listening. sounded like Pentecost. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit, yak, 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 yak. It was good. It was good, right? Now, here's what I want you to think about. Next week, when you're sitting in exactly the same seat, right? Guess who else is going to be sitting in the next seat, in, the, in that same seat? And you can put out your hand, and you can shake that person's hand, call them by name, and say, I am so glad you're here. And by the way, if you're not here next week, but isn't it true? Isn't, isn't that the radical message that, that, we, that we just need everybody, anybody that walks in that door? We, they need to hear that truth from us. I am so glad you're here because I know Jesus Christ is going to be here too. And I believe he can change your life. I am so glad you're here. See, we need to practice radical hospitality. Let me put in a quick plug. We tried this last week. Some of you did it. Some of you didn't do it. But you know what? Sunday morning, we need, I'd be honest, we need people to be radically uh, hospitable. We need folks just to be able to stand at those doors. And be able to do that. So you just did it. You can do it, right? So just text Sundays to that number. It's in your handout this week. So you can take the number with you. But, you know, let God convince you that this is who we are. We just need to be radically hospitable on Sunday morning. Amen? Good? Okay. Radical hospitality. Next thing. We are going to be a place that is radically generous. We talk about it every week, and we are glad, happy, want to talk about it every week. Why? Because it's so important to your faith, right? It's so important to your faith. It's, when it comes to radical generosity, it's never a numbers thing. Numbers don't have, have you know, very little to do. It's always a faith thing. 
right? And that's what we're talking about each week. Because we want you to know the radical generosity that God is waiting to pour out in your life. Look at Proverbs uh, 11. Great, simple, straightforward statement. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Does it get much more straightforward than that? It's just a radical truth. It's it's radical generosity. When we practice radical generosity, we give God the even greater opportunity to practice the radical generosity he wants to practice in our lives. But we need to step into that with faith and just say, you know what? We just believe that's what God wants to do and that's what God will do. And so we just step into it. And that's who we're going to be here at Christ Church. We are always going to be a radically generous people, right? So 10% off the top of everything we get, it's going out. It's going to do kingdom work somewhere else. Maybe that's over in Ethiopia with our ministry in Ethiopia. Maybe it's over in Michigan with our Hispanic ministry in Michigan. Maybe it's in downtown Milwaukee where we've got three strategic partners doing ministry there. You know, I don't know, but it's going to go. Because that's what we do. I think, what, our goal this year is like 150000 that's just going to go. Now, it would be easy to find all kinds of reasons why we ought to hold on to that. Like building expansion. <laughs> but we can't. We can't. Because when we hang on to it, we close the door of opportunity for God to do what God wants to do in his practice of radical generosity. Do you get the principle? Let me show you again. This is an interesting thing in Luke 19. It's the experience of Zacchaeus, right? So there's Zacchaeus, and uh, Jesus greets him, says, Come down from the tree, Zacchaeus. I'm going to go to your house uh, and and eat eat dinner. The folks saw that, and they grumbled, right? So what was Jesus doing? He was practicing radical hospitality, right? He went with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Nobody wants to deal with him. Jesus does. Look what happened when Jesus practiced radical hospitality. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood up before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. What happened? Jesus practiced radical hospitality. And he opened the door of possibility in Zacchaeus' life that God could practice radical generosity. See how that worked? We talk about radical generosity because we know what God can do. This is a great word. Second Corinthians, uh, Paul sends Titus to work with the folks at Corinthians about about their giving. And look at verse 7, he says, Since you excel in so many ways, right? So there's all kinds of things. They're doing really awesome, radically great, right? Notice the end. I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. Did you notice the word excel? I don't want you to just be normal. I don't want you to do the regular. I want you to be radical. Excel. Be radical. He wants us to be radical in our generosity. Okay? Last one. Radical legacy. We're convinced that God needs us to step into that awareness that we need to be radically 
generous, we need to be radically hospitable, and we need to make sure we're radical about the next generation. That it's not just about us, but it is also about the next generation. Let me prove that to you in Matthew 18. It says, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And what does Jesus do? He grabs a child. He grabs a child, and then he makes this amazing statement. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this, on my behalf, is welcoming who? I don't know about you. I want to welcome Jesus every time. I want to welcome Jesus Every single time. And if I'm going to welcome Jesus every time, it means i got to get serious about welcoming children. Because when I welcome children, I welcome Him. Follow? So just to give you a heads up, by the way, Christchurch folks, uh, you're going to see in the next couple weeks or so uh, some renovation going on. We're in the building, what, nine years, something like that, and we're already uh, out of space back in our adventure camp area. And so uh, we're going to renovate, and we're going to make more room for kids because that's what you do. You, you sacrifice anything else to make room for kids. And so that whole office area up on the second floor up there and the conference room stuff, all that's going to go. I never thought that I would get to a place in my ministry where I didn't have an office. Never thought of that. I'm serious. I never, you know, I've always had an office. But you know what? Let's see. Office for me or space for Jesus? No question. Amen? No question. Space for Jesus. I'm going to welcome kids every single time. I don't need an office. We don't need a church office. We don't need that. What we need, here's what we need. We need the next generation to be radical about Jesus. That's what we need. And we need to do whatever it is, sacrifice whatever we have to sacrifice in order to reach that next generation so they will know the radical generosity of God's love for them. And whatever it is, we do it. Because we're committed to the next generation. We have to do a radical legacy. Right? One more point. Jill and I are doing that, by the way, right now in our own personal life. That, that we're working with a legacy planner here at Christ Church because we know we're not going to be around here forever. We're going to be with him forever, not around here forever. And so we're, we're going to make a plan to make sure that that next generation uh, has something from us because we, we're committed to them. That's what we do. We are a people who are radically conscious of the next generation and the legacy uh, that we leave. Okay? Well, let, let me uh, introduce you to Marty. And uh, Marty is going to... Um, Try to bring all this together from his own life. Okay? One of our folks, Marty. Radical generosity describes more of the process I've gone through. I had a a life-altering experience a couple of years ago when a family Christian bookstore was having a 50% off sale. Among those books was a book called The Generosity Method. And it had 21 real-life stories about how people had altered their generosity in in all avenues of their lives. One of the stories that someone was talking about in their own lives was about how uh, he was feeling pretty good about the level of giving he was doing. 
and he was talking to his friend about this, and his friend said, you don't get it, do you? He said, what do you mean? He said, God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. It really changed my entire perspective on just being generous in every way we can. Prior to that, when I would give, it was more out of a sense of obligation, and now it was more about being a cheerful giver and, um, and trying to show God that I could trust Him to take care of my needs. And the biggest thing was trusting that God would provide. That got rid of a lot of fear and worry and replaced it with joy. The message that Pastor Bob gave a few years ago really had an impact on me when he and Jill first got married, they started already praying for their children. They hadn't had any children. I've begun to pray for not only my children, my grandchild, but also future generations that they will have a, a close relationship with God. And don't know if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace, but he's started a new program called the Legacy Journey. I would encourage everyone in, in Christ Church to think about their own legacy at a much younger age than they might otherwise. By having a goal, uh, it also gives more purpose to doing things like financial peace because it makes you a good manager and a good fiduciary for the things God gives us and also will establish the platform, if you will, to uh, be more generous and create a, a mindful sort of purpose in the way you raise your children and Hopefully you can see this multi-generational impact. I had heard uh, a woman speaking about the impact that a couple had on her just by being hospitable. And she was a non-Christian and she wanted to learn more about Christians, basically to, to criticize them. And and so she happened to call this, this man and he and his wife invited her over for dinner. She had such an enjoyable time with them that it altered her life and she became a Christian. And as we go about our day-to-day -day activities, we can be generously hospitable, either by being friendly to people, asking them about how they're doing, you know, all sorts of things, um, inviting people into our homes. By changing my outlook on generosity in general, trying to have it more of a constant in my life that has tended to make me be more hospitable. All right, it's about each one of us, right? Us together, too, living out that radical claim. Here, here's what I, what I dream about, right? I, I dream that, that this is what somebody's going to say or write about us someday. This is the Apostle Paul writing about the church uh, in uh, Thessalonica, right? The believers in Thessalonica. Here's what he says. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go... We find people telling us about your faith in God. Boy, wouldn't it be awesome <laughs> that, that that's what people say about this place, about us, this generation called Christ Church?
Well, uh, we want to try to wrap the series up today and uh, let it let it kind of resonate with you and carry with you. It's really important to us. And so uh, folks on the ends, not this end, but this end, that end, and that end, underneath you, you you've got a stack of these. If you go ahead and grab those uh, and, and pass them on, uh, and you're like, magnets. Yes, that's right. We're handing out magnets. Okay. Uh, these don't go on your car. <laughs> Uh, the stuff we gave out the first week, that goes in your car. This doesn't go in your car. This goes in your home, right? So you, or in your office. So you get reminded all the time about God's radical love for you and what that means for us together at, at Christ Church. And so we just kind of put it all together in one place. And as we end the series today, we, we want to just take a couple minutes, a minute and a half, uh, to just talk to God individually about this, right? To just, just let him speak to each one of us as we, as we think about what does it mean for us to be Christ Church and take that stand, to be people who are engaged, and to be absolutely radical. So while you're reading this, thinking about this, I want to invite you, we're going to take a minute and a half, just some quiet time, to just talk, pray, and let God just sink this into us, okay? And Mark, you're going to lead some music for us, right? Yeah. Let's take a minute and a half or so. as we're uh, together this morning and we end this this series we pray it wouldn't be just uh, you know another series turn the page but um, it would be about our going forward uh, as a church your church um, and as individuals we are so humbled that you love us so radically that this morning we can, we can come to you with all our faults and our failures. We can lay before you all our guilt and our shame. And you'll take it. So we don't carry it anymore. That you put that absolute claim on our lives. And you make that promise, that radical promise, that there is absolutely nothing in this world, nothing and no powers that can take us from your hand or separate us from your love. So, Lord, conscious of that, knowing that radical love you have for us, help us to be radical people. Help us to be engaged people. Help us to be people that take a stand 
in this broken world. Take all these truths that we've talked about for these weeks and, uh, boy, just put them into our hearts and our minds so that as we walk through our days and our nights, we will be aware and conscious of what you call us to be. And especially as a church, that we wouldn't be just any church, some regular church down the road, around the corner, but that we, we would be a church in this, in this generation that lifts lives, that elevates Christ, and just seeks to reach the people that aren't here yet. Lord, we, we know that you have put that uh, on our plate, and we ask that you would just help us now to be absolutely, incredibly, overwhelmingly committed to the kingdom of heaven. Father, thank you for the privilege you give us to be your people in this time. We pray all this, we ask all this in the incredible and the powerful and the radical name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our King, and our Guide. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Here at Christ Church, we experience God's radical love, God's radical forgiveness every single week as we come to the table. You see, communion is a place that is truly hospitable. You are welcome to come forward whatever was in your yesterday, whatever is in the week that lays in your past, whatever troubles and struggles that you have dealt with. You bring them here to church, and we come to the table together, and it's a place where Jesus once again says, I love you. I claim you. I make you mine. And I forgive everything that you bring with you. And I lay in front of you a new future and a new hope. I give myself to you in body, blood, bread, and wine that you.